All right, here's Colossians 4. Uh, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a slave of Christ, greets you. He is always struggling in prayer on your behalf so that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I can testify that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Heropolis. Uh, Epaphras, it says in Colossians chapter 1, was basically the guy who planted this church. Uh, He's this incredible servant of Jesus. Paul even says that he is a slave of Christ. He has this amazing servant's heart. He's uh, very surrendered to Christ. He's just a cool guy. In fact, whenever you hear his name, it's mentioned a few times in the New Testament, it's always associated with the word Jesus. He is this incredible servant. And we see here that Paul is trying to uh, let the Colossian church know that He's just doing an amazing work for them, that he is always struggling in prayer on your behalf. And he's been praying that they may stand mature and that they would be fully assured in all the will of God. And he continues to say that he is working hard for them in prayer. And just a couple quick things to note here. The first one is that you can actually help people and serve people by praying for them. Paul didn't say, you know, this guy Epaphras, he wastes so much time in prayer. He should be out there doing more stuff for you, and he's, he's just struggling in prayer, and that's kind of pathetic because, you know, he can accomplish more with his own hands and his own efforts. No, Paul's saying, this guy's awesome, and he's doing an awesome work for the church in Colossae by praying for them. Uh, sometimes we think that the only way to help people is I got to physically be there or I got to physically help them and I got to maybe physically talk to them and those things are good things and we got to be doing those things. But you also need to realize that you can really help people and sometimes even more by really praying for them. In fact, I was reading about this uh, pastor uh, probably about a hundred years ago in Cambridge, England, who instead of uh, often going actually out to visit people. Or call them into the church to visit them. He actually found that it was more beneficial and God did more good things. Instead of him going out, that he would actually sit there and pray for that person for half an hour. Uh, Yes, we do need to be there practically, but we need to be praying for each other. Uh, That you can really bless someone's marriage. You can really help someone who is discouraged. You can really help someone who is struggling by praying for them. Uh, William uh, Thomas said this, there are many things outside the power of ordinary Christian people and great position. Wide influence, outstanding ability may be lacking to almost all of us, but the humblest and the least significant Christian can pray. And as prayer moves the hand that moves the world, perhaps the greatest power we can exert is that which comes through prayer. Perhaps the greatest power that you can exert on your friend's marriage who is struggling is that you pray for them. Perhaps the greatest power you can exert on this church is to pray for this church. I encourage you to pray for each other. That you would take those prayer requests maybe that you hear here on Sunday mornings and that you would genuinely take those home and actually pray for them. That when you Talk to someone maybe here or in your life or at work who is struggling. Don't just say, yeah, I'll pray for you, man, and go home and just, you know, bless them, Lord. But to really actually pray for them and to pray earnestly. That you really can bless people and help people by praying for them. And Paul said this Epaphras guy was doing an awesome work by praying. 
Second point here is, next slide there, is that uh, prayer is hard work. And you notice that here in this, pa- in this passage. Uh, Paul says that Epaphras is struggling in prayer and that he is working hard for them by praying for them. Uh, this word struggle is actually uh, an athletic word. It's used in the terms of like kind of the Olympic Games or like an athletic match. You picture somebody wrestling, that's the idea of struggling. And Paul says, this Epaphras guy, he's like in this Olympic sport called prayer. He is working very, very hard at prayer. And I think this can be an encouragement to us because, I mean, how many of you find prayer hard a lot of the times? I mean, I do, often. And sometimes I talk to people who just say, I just have such a hard time praying. And they think, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe my relationship with God is, no, I don't know what it is, but prayer just seems hard. And the Bible would say, it is. It is hard. You don't have to think that something's wrong with you. The fact is that prayer for a lot of people is hard. And this guy, he is a pastor. He's this amazing servant. He's called a slave of Christ. And Paul says he struggles in prayer. He puts a lot of energy and effort into praying. And we see other passages in the Bible that talk about the difficulty of prayer. Just before this, Paul says, be devoted to prayer. So all of us need to be devoted to prayer. Keeping alert in it. You've never been praying and you kind of lose your alertness and you begin thinking about other things or you begin drifting and thinking about lunch or whatever, right? You've got to keep alert. And then Jesus in Luke 18 talking about prayer says that we ought to always pray and not lose heart. Meaning, sometimes we may lose heart when we pray. Prayer is not easy. And it is especially not easy in this culture because the way we uh, kind of look impressive in this culture, the way we get honor in this culture is productivity and stuff. That if we have lots of nice cars and houses and people look at us and go, wow, you're something. You talk about all your investments, wow, you're something. They look at how hard you work and how much effort you put in on your job. They go, wow, you're something. That's how we impress people in this culture is through money and our stuff and our worth ethic. And prayer just seems not, where does that fit in? Because when you pray, it's like, I'm not actually doing anything with my hands. And, And sometimes it may even seem like a waste of time. And so prayer is a struggle in our culture. And again, we need to realize that often we can actually accomplish more through prayer than we can by physically going out there. So prayer is a struggle. And uh, one of the other things that is interesting to note when it comes to struggling with prayer, and I think this is what it's talking about here, is struggling to pray earnestly and with faith. Uh, Martin Luther said, I've been reading Martin Luther on prayer, so here's a few quotes. He said, prayer must be a constant effort, a labor that is harder than every other labor. Here is Martin Luther, one of the most famous guys in church history who totally renovated the Christian world through the Reformation. And he says, prayer is the hardest thing I do. If prayer is hard for you, don't think something's wrong with you. Prayer is very hard. Because often in life, the hardest things are the best things. Climbing Mount Everest is hard, but it's awesome. You could do it, right? It's like, man, I've been to the top of Mount Everest. Prayer sometimes is hard, but it can do incredible 
things. He says it's a labor that is harder than every other labor, for it requires a subdued and broken mind and high and triumphant spirit. Christians must practice prayer frequently and with diligence. And this is the call of the Bible, that we should be continually in prayer and always in prayer because prayer accomplishes much. Uh, Did you know that God wants your marriage to thrive? That's His will. Did you know that God wants uh, our church to thrive? There's a lot of things that God wants in our life, and a lot of the things God does through prayer. I mean, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Uh, God has sovereignly set it up that He accomplishes a lot through prayer. Are you praying for your marriage? Are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for this church? Are you praying for each other? Uh, Luther also talked about this. He said this, uh, There is no work like prayer. Mumbling with the mouth is easy, right? But with earnestness of heart to follow the words of prayer in deep devotion, that is with desire and faith, so that one earnestly desires what the words say and not to doubt that it will be heard. Here, I think, is what uh, Paphras perhaps was struggling with and what I struggle with a lot in prayer and what I've been learning, that it is easy to kind of sit back and just kind of mumble prayers. It is easy in your morning, perhaps if you read your Bible and maybe pray for certain things to kind of just kind of, you know, as you bless this person and you kind of, kind of get it out of the way. Or maybe you pray just so you don't feel guilty for the rest of your day because you actually spent time in prayer and now I don't need to feel guilty. Luther is saying that prayer takes energy and it takes focus. That every single word counts. Every word should be said with earnestness because you are talking to this amazing God who is good. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And so that we need to pray in a way that we earnestly uh, desire those things we pray for. He also said this. Finally, mark this. That you must always speak amen firmly. Never doubt that God in His mercy will surely hear you as you say and say yes to your prayers. Never think that you are kneeling or standing alone. Rather think that the whole of Christendom, all devout Christians, are standing there beside you and you are standing among them in a common, united uh, petition which God cannot disdain. Do not leave your prayer without having said or thought, Very well, God has heard my prayer. This I know as a certainty and a truth. That is what amen means. I mean, do you pray with earnestness? Uh, The Bible talks about this idea of praying earnestly. I think a lot of our prayers, and I find my own prayers, a lot of times are just kind of, they're not really done meaningful. They're not done with earnestly. They're not going, God, I really want this, God. We, we need this in our church. I need this in my life. Or that person I know, their, their marriage, God, just needs to be healed. I mean, is there an earnestness in your prayers? I mean, do you really believe that God hears and answers prayer? And a lot of times we don't pray earnestly because somehow we think, well, maybe God doesn't really answer prayer. Or He's just going to do whatever He thinks best, so it doesn't really matter what I say. No, the Bible says... We ought to pray earnestly, and we ought to pray with faith. Uh, Spurgeon at one time, perhaps to illustrate this, he was talking to this preacher, and uh, this preacher says, you know, I've preached probably 200 messages, and not one person has been saved. And Spurgeon said, well, do you think someone should be saved every time you preach? And the guy says, well, well, no, of course not. And Spurgeon says, well, there's your problem. 
I mean, is that how we pray? I mean, do we actually pray with earnestness and faith? I mean, something we've got to be doing. When you pray for one another and serve one another, pray earnestly. Pray with faith. We have a God whom nothing is impossible. He can do anything. You pray like that. You pray that, believing that He can do all things. So that was just encouragement uh, for us when it comes to prayer, uh, something that we've been trying to grow in here. Uh, With that, I want to invite the Mexico uh, crew up here.